tuned into another episode of Fairfax Media's Chamber Sessions, Tasmania's only state politics podcast. I'm Rob Inglis. Thank you for joining me. This week was not unlike last week in Parliament House. Once again, Labor leader Rebecca White pressed the government on the state's health system. And nearly a week to the day that Premier Will Hodgman announced that Attorney General Vanessa Goodman was not expected to recover from her cancer diagnosis, He made another significant statement in the lower house chamber on Thursday afternoon. On Tuesday, meanwhile, White told the house that the so-called crisis at the Royal Hobart Hospital was in urgent need of attention. Uh, Premier Will Hodgman fired back, saying the government had opened more beds at the RHH than the opposition had even wanted them to. Uh, Health Minister Michael Ferguson backed the Premier up, saying Labor had discovered a new interest in the state's health system since White became opposition leader. Um, And in some ways, it's difficult to argue with that. I mean, they've really... Labor has really been going hard on on health um, in uh, in uh, Rebecca White's time as opposition leader, Um, so much so that they've barely talked about anything else. Um, So it's, it's, it's very much a... Uh, very much a tactic going forward, I think. Um, Also on Tuesday, the Public Accounts Committee saga gained yet another element of intrigue. Greens leader Cassie O'Connor suggested the government itself had leaked information regarding the Joint House Committee's investigation into the 2016 energy crisis. For anyone who hasn't been keeping up with the PAC debacle, and I really suggest that you do because it's becoming a bit like a sort of espionage thriller uh some cold war era stuff if that's the kind of thing that floats your boat um but essentially the committee's investigation currently hinges on treasurer peter gutwin releasing a letter he wrote to the energy minister matthew groom in april 2015 the letter related to the proposed sale of the tamar valley power station the pac believes the full letter has the potential to shed light on the government's mentality in the lead-up to the energy crisis, uh, when the Basslink Gable failed to meet the state's energy needs, which I'm sure you all remember. Gutman has refused to show the complete letter to the committee, instead revealing only sort of bits and pieces in piecemeal fashion. Um, he's said that parts of the letter are cabinet in confidence, saying they relate, uh, meaning they relate to classified information that only those in the highest echelons of the government are privy to. Uh, The line the government has taken in regards to the letter has been that a certain member or members of the committee have secretly been briefing the media on committee dealings, which has caused the government to label the PAC as tainted. O'Connor believes PAC members Sarah Courtney and Joan Ryler, Liberal members for Bass and Braddon respectively, may be responsible for the leaks so as to justify the government questioning the committee's integrity. You might be wondering why the government would do such a thing. Well, if the government has a reason to undermine the integrity of the committee, in this case by drawing the public's attention to the leaks, then when the PAC finally releases its report on the energy crisis, the government uh, is free to dismiss its findings as untrustworthy if those findings are are not favourable to the government. So O'Connor's theory is as interesting as it is outlandish, really. Uh, Hodgman dubbed it a kooky conspiracy theory. Um, but, you know, it's not a theory without support. Uh, 
independent Murchison MLC, Ruth Forrest, uh, who is herself a member of the Public Accounts Committee, made a very similar uh, claim in the Legislative Council debate on Tuesday. Uh, During this upper house debate, PAC Chairman Ivan Dean, who's the member for Windermere, launched a stinging critique of the government's treatment of the committee. Um, Dean has engaged in some very public battles with the Treasurer since this sorry tale first unfolded. The Windermere MLC has threatened to ping Gutwin with a contempt of Parliament charge, which financially amounts to basically nothing, but reputationally it sort of remains to be seen how damaging that charge could be to the Treasurer. Uh, the PAC stuff is far from over, so keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for any new emerging details, uh, because I certainly will be. On Thursday, Brian Green's Braddon Labor successor Shane Broad delivered his inaugural speech in Parliament, in which he spoke the obscure Germanic language of Faroese, um, surely some sort of first. Immediately after Broad's speech, uh, the Premier made a historic apology to gay and transgender Tasmanians convicted under the state's former anti-gay laws. Tasmanian gay and lesbian rights group spokesperson Rodney Croom was watching on in the public gallery. Croom was a trailblazer in terms of what he achieved for the LGBTQI community in Tasmania, playing a role in having the laws reformed in 1997. While Tasmania was the last state to decriminalise homosexuality, uh, Will Hodgman is the first Australian leader to say sorry for his state's mistreatment of gay and transgender people. So it was really quite a momentous um, occasion. Uh, Now, I want to kick off a new closing segment for Chamber Sessions called Parliamentarian of the Week, in which I choose the week's best performer from Parliament House. Um, I can almost hear the cries of gimmick uh, from a mile away. Uh, This week, though, it was hard to go past opposition Treasury spokesperson Scott Bacon. Um, He did little more than offer asides and background comments, but Bacon had people in stitches whenever he piped up about the Treasurer's refusal to table the Tamar Valley power station letter. Uh, There was one point on Tuesday when a clerk opened a book cabinet behind where Gutwin sits in the chamber, and Bacon cried out, You won't find the letter in there! Uh, provoking fits of laughter from the opposition. On Thursday, he repeatedly asked the Premier, have you read it? Have you read it? Have you read it? Have you read it? He uttered the words so many times that it grew increasingly to resemble a surreal comedy sketch. Uh, Think Sideshow Bob and his rakes. That's all for this week. Thanks again for joining me in the chamber. Bye for now.